Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. I'm Tim Blevins, lead pastor, and I'm honored you have come to join us. To experience our full service or for more information, check out the links in the description. I hope this message ministers to you and helps you find life in Jesus. Good morning, church. How are you today? Awesome. So good to see you on this amazing holiday weekend. Thanks for coming to church. You know, listen, you're here on Memorial. Either the rain kept you off the beach or you just really love church. I'm going to believe you really love church, and I'm going with that. So amen to that. Um, If you're a guest today, thanks for being with us. We're so honored you're a part of our service today. How many of you were here last week when I opened up the service and I made this really um, uh, bragging moment about how Life Church with the undefeated softball team. Anybody remember that? And I was like, man, we're awesome, you know. Well, on Monday night, we got our socks beat off of us. And, um, and there's a verse that came to mind during the game about something about pride comes before a fall and all that. And so, so yeah, it, it really does work that way. It's just the way it is. But um, hey, really, we're so glad you came. So glad you're part of the service today. Today's an exciting day. We have a lot going on uh, honoring our military uh, heroes who died while serving our great country. Uh, Matt was here and he served in both Afghanistan and Iraq, and um, just it's just an honor to have him and others. If you're part of uh, uh, veterans in the military, we want to say thank you. We love you. We appreciate you. We honor you. Harriet mentioned that it's Pentecost Sunday, and as a church, it's it's great to look back at that moment that the Holy Spirit fell and and filled the believers in the upper room. The Bible teaches us that when Jesus ascended to heaven, that he sent the Holy Spirit to them on that day of Pentecost. And and we understand today that the Holy Spirit lives in us. I love that. Uh, We're not far from God ever. You just, you cannot escape God's presence because he is inside of you if you believe in Jesus. Um, We also understand that through the Spirit, he transforms us. And we also believe that he empowers us and through the Holy Spirit is why we pray for people to be healed and we pray for miracles and we pray for God's power and the gifts of the Spirit to be released. And so that's just part of who we are, but we honor the Holy Spirit today as well. On that same day, if you continue to read in in Acts 2 where Harriet was referencing, uh, you'll see that on that same day the Holy Spirit fell, that 3,000 people gave their life to Christ. And the Bible says those 3,000 people were also baptized that day. And so that had to be a, a significant day for, for them on that moment, 3,000 people being saved and baptized. And, and part of why we're doing baptisms today is just to partner with this moment of Pentecost Sunday. And so immediately after today's service, we'll have baptisms out underneath the the drive-through and so we invite you to come be a part of that and celebrate also on that same day the very first church was birthed because all of these new believers needed a place to to be able to be discipled and taught and they needed a place for new believers to come and so so all that happened on Pentecost Sunday so it's a worthy moment for us to look back in a few minutes I'm gonna uh preach a great message to you. I believe God's given me a word. And so I, I say that unashamedly. I believe God has a message by the Holy Spirit for you. Amen. And you know, the beauty about the Holy Spirit, even if it's not that great in my mind, he has a way of still making it work. So praise God for that. Before I jump into that though, I want to refresh us on our courageous campaign. 
If you were here last week, this is a little bit of repeat for you, but for those who were unable to be here, I want to catch everyone up on our Courageous Campaign. So what is the Courageous Campaign? Maybe you're brand new to us and you have no idea what I'm talking about. So the Courageous Campaign was a building fund campaign to get the needed dollars to be able to renovate our brand new facility. And if you are new, this is not our place. This is our rented place, our portable church. But soon we're moving into a brand new location. The campaign is to raise the funds to help finish out the, the renovations on that project. And our goal that we set a year ago was to raise $1.5 million dollars over the course of three years. And so a year ago, people made commitments and they made, they used commitment cards and people have been given towards that. It's been amazing. Um, we asked that everyone participate. Honestly, I don't care if you participate at $5 a month or $500 a month, whatever fits your, your situation. But I would love for all of us to play a part. I hope that you get to walk in that building one day and, and feel like that you made a difference in helping that, that renovation come to pass. And so, um, so we invite you to be a part of it. There is a commitment card at your seat, and I would love for you, if you haven't filled one out in the past, to grab one of those, fill it out, drop it in one of our offering buckets on the way out today, and let us know where you are with the campaign. If you made a commitment last year and you have been unable to fill that commitment, maybe life has gotten in the way and I understand it happens sometimes. And um, listen, go ahead and make a new commitment. Let us know where you are. Uh, we don't want anyone to feel like they're failing in some way. So just tell us what you're gonna do and we just honor that and we're grateful for everything that comes in. So at your seats as a card there on the screen, you can see a QR code. If you want to click that with your camera, then it'll take you to a commitment uh, section as well. And so that's how you can be a part of the campaign to help us raise the funds. And so how are we doing with our campaign though? Well, listen, I'm going to brag. And listen, last service, they gave me a golf clap. Like, you know, you know what a golf clap is, that little quiet little golf clap. Um, so we're not a golf clap people in here, this second service. Y'all are great. Y'all are louder and rowdier than them. So, but here's what I want to share with you is how our update on how much we have raised so far. And so today we have raised $851,000 towards our campaign. See, you all get it. That's really amazing. What a generous church in a year's time. So praise God for that. Uh, a quick update on our renovation uh, progress. So if you are new, again, we are renovating a brand new 26,000 square foot facility. It's located on Oleander, very near Jungle Rapids. It used to be an old skating rink and it's turning into our brand new church building. It's in the center of the city, fantastic location. It'll have a 600 seat auditorium in it to give you a little feel. There's about 250 seats in here today. Um, we have a very large kids wing. We just believe that kids are gonna flock to this place with their parents and uh, we're excited about that. We have a very large lobby. Uh, it has a coffee shop in it. So that's awesome. We have office space. It's going to be fantastic. So I have a quick video though I want to show you. This is the same one from last week, but I'll just share it again to give you a little update. That's the exterior of our building. That's going to be the main entrance. That's going to be painted kind of green. We'll have our logo on top. And here we are trying to make our way into the front door, obviously still under renovation. As you come into the lobby, coffee shop is on the right. <clears throat> you can see the drywall is hung. 
I was in there late this week and they have finished the drywall hanging. They are now mudding and sanding everything in so it's moving along really quick. So we're standing in the lobby. To the left here is where our children's check-in center will be right there. And this is us walking now into the auditorium of our new church. It's gonna be have high ceilings, big auditorium. We're going to sand the old skating rink floors and have beautiful hardwood floors in the auditorium. The platform is at the end. There'll be three screens up there to help you see what's going on. Stage has been put in, storage is behind that wall, and you can see as it flips around. Really exciting time, love it. So that's so exciting, yay, you can give that a clap, so good. So the question is though, when are we moving in? And I've had the same answer for months now, and we are moving in in September. There you go. I love my church. You know what I mean. When I say ish, that means we might get a little earlier. We might be a little later, but September is target date still, and it's on track. Everything is moving along just as we would expect, and so that's all great news. One last thing about what we are doing with our campaign Last Sunday, I preached a message on memorials, and if you were here, you, you remember the message, and I'll give you a quick synopsis of the memorial message, but we talked about how um, there are certain significant events in the past for our church, and those miracles that God did in the past give us faith for things for the future. And so we invited everyone, though, to put a a dream that they would have in their heart for their life or for our church and write it on a dream card. And then we have a memorial chest that's in the back of the auditorium right back there. And you can place that memorial card, that dream card in that chest. Then before we move in our new facility, we're gonna take that chest and put it underneath the platform where we preach and sing and worship. And it's gonna sit under there as a memorial to the dreams that you have. And we're gonna believe that as we preach and we stand on the word of God and we worship over that, that those, the, the power that God used in our past will bring fulfillment in your dreams and the things that God wants to do in our church. And so if you want to be a part of that during our response time at the end of service, you can grab a card. It's on the table in the back, put your dream in the box. And then before we move in, we're going to put it in, in the auditorium under the platform. And that'll be a, a memorial. We're going to pull that out in about five years after moving in the building. And then we'll just see all that God has done. Amen. Amen. Listen, I want to preach a good message for you today. I want to get a prayer in before we get started. Would you bow with me? Father, we thank you for this day. I thank you that, that we are on track with this building, and I'm so grateful for all the, the giving, Father, and the commitments that have been made. And Lord, I ask that you continue to bless your people, and you would continue to provide all that we need for this building. Lord, it's always a step of faith. There's always moments and we just have to step out and believe that you're gonna help us and help us succeed in so many ways. And so uh, we ask that you would do so much through this campaign. Father, I ask that you would bless this message. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that is in this room, Lord, that you'll take the words that I speak and you'll use them to penetrate our hearts and make a difference in our life. Lord, we wanna grow closer to you. We wanna have more faith. Use this to 
be a part of that today. In Jesus' name. Can I get a really good amen, church? Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Uh, My topic today that I want to preach on is how to leave a legacy that matters. How to leave a legacy. Now, you probably have heard the term legacy before. I want to put a little working definition and I want to talk a little bit about a legacy today. The idea of a legacy is what we leave when we leave. So what, is, what are the values? What are you leaving behind when you leave? Now, this certainly impacts you know, the, our final leave when we head off of this earth to our next, but, but we leave things all the time. We leave uh, like high school. How many of you remember your high school days? And, and, and let me ask you, what, what did you leave behind? What was the legacy that you left in your high school? What, was, what are people that were with you remember about you in high school? I always think it's funny that when, you know, any, any high school athlete looks back at their days as an athlete and they somehow have grown in their mind about how great they were and they feel like they were the best athlete ever. You weren't, you just feel that way, but that's how you remember yourself. But how do other people remember you? How do other people remember you after you've left college? What was the impression that you made on your friends in college? And what are the things that they would say about you after college? How about a job or a career? Maybe you've had a job change and would your previous company and your previous uh, coworkers and your boss, what would they say about how you worked there? Were you honest and did you work hard and did you give your best? Were you excellent? And, and so what are the things, what are the values that, that people remember you as you have left one place into another? But more significantly today, When you leave this life, when you leave here, what mark will you have made and how will people remember you on this earth? So here's a definition for you with legacy. Legacy is what people remember when you're gone. And so I've been thinking about this this topic now for a couple weeks and I was at a a funeral, I, I preached at a funeral a week ago and it was one of the most tragic moments of, of someone's life, of a family's life. And they'd lost their 22-year-old daughter. She was killed in a, a car wreck. And, and it was, I mean, a funeral of, of that magnitude was, was heartbreaking. And my heart hurts for the family. I sat there thinking about this young lady. And I was thinking about all that could have been And they had a moment in the service where they gave tributes to this young woman and her friends came to the the microphone and for several minutes, maybe 30, 45 minutes, friend after friend stood up and talked about how special she was. Many of them said something like, I felt like she was my best friend. Many of them said she was always there for me. And they, they just went on and on about how she had impacted their life in such a short amount of time. And so I was thinking in my concept of what, what about legacy? And I thought this young lady left an amazing legacy at a young age. But my life has more life to go. 
And so I've been pondering this thought in kind of a serious moment about what about my life will outlive me? What, what is my life about? Am I investing my life in anything that will endure? Am I investing in people or am I just collecting things that will die with me? What about my life and the way I lived my life is going to be the legacy? What will my children and my grandchildren, what will your children and your grandchildren say about you at some point? What values am I passing along? What, listen, I challenge you to think about that question about what about your life is going to outlive you. I know it's a heavy topic. And sometimes when I, I think about this in my life, I was like, you know what? There are some parts of my life that, that I'm not sure ha- are really great parts of what I want to leave behind, the legacy of my life. And maybe you're realizing as I'm talking that, that maybe your life's purpose and your values isn't going to be a positive and long-lasting impact that you want to leave behind. And the good news is today, I wanna share with you that you can do something about your legacy today. You can make some changes. Your current reputation does not have to be your lasting legacy. And I'm here to help you help myself on how we can leave a legacy that really matters. I wanna take us to the Old Testament. I wanna take us to the book of Ecclesiastes. And there's a person there we're gonna study. His name is King Solomon. And King Solomon, he came to the end of his, his life. He has this conclusion on his life that so many of the things that he pursued were meaningless and that the legacy of his life was going to be forgotten. But he did something about it. He came to a conclusion, made a change, and now we remember him as being the wisest man. There's a legacy that's behind King Solomon. Now, he was the richest man of of the world at that point. He had access to every pleasure, everything that he ever wanted, he, he had. Anything that he could dream up, he could have. But that wasn't what he wanted to be remembered for. And so he did something about it. Let me share some of his journey with you. This is the book of Ecclesiastes chapter two, one. Now Solomon's writing, this is his pen. These are his words. And he said to himself, he said, I said to myself, come on, let's try pleasure. So he's, he's thinking like, I'm just gonna have a whole lot of fun. I'm gonna get a hobby, I'm gonna do a hobby. If I were writing that, I'd say, let's try golf. Let's see if golf satisfies my life. Let's see if that's something so important that it's gonna be impacting on the world around me. Golf is it? Probably not. He said, let's try pleasure. Let's look for good things in life. And he said, I found this too to be what? Meaningless. Verse three says, after much thought, like pleasure didn't work. He said, I decided to cheer myself up with wine. He's like, I'm gonna just try boozing it up. I'm gonna try wine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a little tipsy on a regular basis. I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna feel it in my body. And he says, and so while all this is going on, he said, I started seeking wisdom in the middle of that. And he said, I realized that that was foolishness as well. He said, I tried to experience the only happiness He's like, that's the only escape that I could find was was alcohol to try to live a happy life. And he's like, that didn't work either. Ecclesiastes 2 and 4. He said, I also tried finding meaning out of building a big, huge house and having giant vineyards. 
I think he was thinking, if I could finally get to that house, if I could finally build the big house, the dream home, if I could have my dream home, then inside I would feel good and people would look at me and say, you've arrived, you did it, you got the big house. But again, even building a big house turned out to be meaningless. Verse eight says, he, then he collected great sums of silver and gold. In other words, he, he wanted to stockpile money to, to secure his future. He wanted, he wanted gold and silver. It says he collected great sums of silver and gold, the treasures of many kings and provinces. In other words, he took theirs and built himself a ton of money. Then he said, I hired wonderful singers. In other words, he was trying entertainment. He's like, I'm just gonna entertain myself. He's like, building a big house didn't do it and just having a lot of money didn't do it. He's like, I'm just gonna entertain myself. And so he just went for entertainment, whatever that entertainment, maybe he, I'm joking, but maybe he, you know, watched, you know, Netflix over and over and over, you know, binging on a show, you know, just, just trying to entertain himself and thought that might work, it didn't. Then it says he had many beautiful mistresses and so he tried sex. He's like, I'll just, I'll just try that. Maybe that will make me feel happy and have meaning in my life. Again, it failed. Then he goes on to verse 10. He says, anything that I wanted, I would take. He said, I denied myself then of pleasure because that didn't work. And he said, so now I, I turned into hard work or I turned to a career. He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show the world that, that I have significance because I can build a big business and I can have a great career. And he, so he tried hard work. And again, it was meaningless. Verse 11 says, he looked at everything that he had worked so hard to accomplish. It was all meaningless. Everything, he built all that. He tried everything in life and it just was like chasing the wind and nothing was worthwhile. He tried, but it didn't work. None of it had significance. And, and at some point he realized that and he says in verse 16, he says, for the wise and the foolish both die. These wise will not be remembered any longer than the fool in the days to come, both will be forgotten. He's like, pleasure, Big houses, big bank accounts, sex, you name it, none of it will be remembered. In other words, he was on the fast track to be the wealthiest man that was forgotten. And he's like, that's meaningless. It has no value. And so he concludes his book, and this is why we say he is the wisest man because he learned from that. He saw that and he passed on something to us and he says in Ecclesiastes 12, 13, he says this whole story, he said, everything I've been telling you in my book here, he said, now my final conclusion is this. And he said, it's to fear God. He's like, this is what's important, to obey his commands. He says, this is the conclusion of my life. And he says, and I think he's saying to you and I that you ought to look at my life. He said, I lived for everything else. He said, I tried everything else. He said, I, and I, I looked at the wealth and I looked at the pleasures and I looked at wild living and built the big house, had the career. And he said, finally, that's not how I want to be remembered. He's like, there's got to be more. And he said, my legacy that I want this house and others to hear about is that I was devoted to God. That was his highest priority that he wanted us to remember about him, his devotion to God. So it makes me wonder 
What are people gonna wonder or remember about you and I? He chased it all and what are you chasing? What is occupying your value system and what, what needs to change? What, what is in your life? I mean, what, I mean, some people are gonna be remembered as an example. So-and-so, they made 1,000 silly TikTok videos. Woo! Is that what you wanna be remembered for? You know, man, Pastor Tim, he had a cool Jeep. Okay. Wow. Like, what do you want to be remembered for? I made a bunch of money in my life. Okay. Meaningless. My mom, she was awesome. She was the best at binging reality TV shows. My dad. What I remember about him is he drank a six pack of beer every night. I mean, not Bud Light, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> Church, you gotta work with me a little bit. He acted, this is how people may remember about a friend is he acted like a victim all his life. That was his whole story. Pastor Tim, boy, he loved the Dallas Cowboys. Listen, if that's what all you remember about me, then I've missed it, right? What's the legacy that we want to leave behind? Because all of those things are meaningless. And so today I wanna share with you three ways that you can leave a legacy that matters. And number one, you can leave a godly inheritance. This is, your, this is part of legacy that matters. And when people think about my life, I hope it's not Dallas Cowboys because, oh, what a, what a loss, what a failure I would have been. I hope people look at me, think of me in the future. I hope my children and my friends are able to say he was faithful to God. He loved God. He worshiped God. He had a lot of faith for the things that God had for his life. That would be the legacy that I would want, that I hope you would want in your life. And that's what the wisdom of Solomon was, that it was about God. The Bible teaches us in Proverbs chapter 13, it says a good man, some versions will say a righteous man, a righteous person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. Generations of an inheritance are left from children to children. But a sinner's wealth, what is it stored up for the righteous? In other words, that the righteous, they can leave an inheritance that matters and and those that don't know Christ will lose whatever they had. But I wanna say to all of us that, that the values that we leave behind are more significant in an inheritance than the money we leave behind. Long after the money is gone, they'll remember what you imparted in the values in their life. And we need to, as parents, when I think of inheritance, I think first of, of family. I think of my children and, and my grandchildren and, and great-grandchildren and, and the heritage that, that is going to be left behind in my life and inherits life. And, and I hope more than anything, more than a dollar, but I hope the values of the kingdom of God have been passed on from generation to generation. I hope my next generation, my two children, learn to and continue to, to serve and love of God and I hope that and by the way I, I'm champ as a grandfather that's my grandfather name champ but I hope my 
children's children grow up in the kingdom and know the the will of God for their life and and their children. I hope it's a a godly heritage is passed along. I hope my children know that their identity is found in God and it's not found in the world in any other place. And parents, we need to teach these values to our children so they'll pass those things along generation to generation. Some of you are here today, though, and you might be looking back at at your parents and you might be thinking, well, there are a few things that my parents really left a great godly inheritance for me, but but some things not so much. Some things were not so great. And I'm here to tell you that, that you get to be a generational changer in your life. And the things that were of God, you can accept them, receive them, and build on a foundation. Those things that were not of God, you get to apply the cross to those things and you get to say, that was them, but that's not gonna be my generation and I'm not gonna pass that on to the next generation. I'm gonna pass on a godly inheritance to my children. Listen, I want to tell you that whatever your past has been, whatever your parents' past has been, and whatever past past has been, listen, that doesn't define where you're going from here because the cross has the final word in your life and through Jesus Christ, you have been forgiven, you have been set free, and you have a brand new beginning because of Christ. Amen? So put Jesus first in your life. And let that be your first legacy that you leave, a godly legacy. Number two, leave a godly purpose. After you have left your spiritual legacy, after you've focused on that, the next thing is, is did you make a difference with your life? Did you do something for God with your life? Did you make a difference in any way? I like the book of Acts chapter 13 because it speaks of David. And it says that David had served God's purpose in his own generation and then he fell asleep. What it's saying is that legacy of David is that he served God's purpose. That's his legacy. And if you know anything about David, you know his past had some pretty rough moments in it. But the legacy of his life wasn't about how he failed, but it was about his heart for God and that he served God's purpose. Again, whatever has happened in your past doesn't define what your future can be. You can change and choose a new legacy from this point on. David served God in his purpose. Do you know your purpose? Do you know why God has placed you here on this earth? Do you know what your call is and what you are to do with your life? King Solomon started out with a life of pleasure and wealth, but he found his significance in serving God. My purpose, I'll share with you my purpose, and it ought to make sense to be part of your purpose in some capacity, but my purpose first and foremost is to worship God. That's the first legacy that I want with my life. My second purpose is to build my family. I love my family. You love your family. Build your family, whatever that looks like. I love my family and I want my children and my children's children and I want my extended family, my niece and her kids and I wanna do everything I can to, to, to build my family with, with godly values and, and for their success and for their purposes in life. That's just part of my goal, that's part of my purpose in life. I wanna worship God, I want, to, I want to build my family and then last, I wanna make more disciples. That's my purpose. That's how I wanna make a difference with my life. I wanna make more disciples. I wanna populate heaven. 
I want to make a difference. I want, when people leave, when I leave, I want people to look back and go, he made a difference with his life. He helped reach people for the kingdom of God. There are so many things I love to do with my life. I, listen, I like to play. I like to have, you know, I like golf. I, I want to build wealth. I want to be healthy and fit and all those things. But the legacy of my life, the thing that I hope that people remember above all else is that I worship God, I built my family, and I made more disciples for Christ. What is going to be your purpose in life? That's your legacy. How will people remember you? There's a story that Jesus was with his disciples at one point and they were discussing about greatness and they were discussing who would get to sit on Jesus's right hand and who would sit on Jesus's left hand. They were talking about who would be the most important and who was gonna be the best of the disciples and, and Jesus picks up on this conversation with them and, and he says to them that, that, that that's not how it is in the kingdom of God. It's not about trying to become great. What he said was this. He said, that's not so with you. He said, yours isn't about trying to become great, but whoever wants to become great among you must be a servant. He's like, he changed it all. Like, like it's not about trying to gain the wealth of the world, but it's about serving the world. And if you want to make a difference, you serve God, you find your purpose and you serve others. Listen, a great name is not about how many people work for you. A great name isn't about how many people like your Instagram post. Listen, let me tell you what it's all about. It's about how many people did you serve while you were here? How many people did you help while you were here? How many people did you have compassion for while you were here? How many people did you lift up in prayer while you were here? How many people did you reach for Christ? That's what will be remembered about your life. And so I wanna encourage you to leave a legacy of your purpose. And last, leave a godly contribution. You can leave a godly contribution. Talking about money in this. Money's interesting. Money is so, like it, it can control us. It can draw our attention, occupy a lot of time. I, I was watching this past week, talking about binging on Netflix. I, I did have a little binge the other, this past week or two, and I started watching this, this show called Alone. And um, it's on, from the History Channel, but, but it's a show about where they take 10 people and they drop them off in the wilderness and they have very few supplies and very few tools. And, and basically the concept is which one of these 10 people can survive in the wilderness the longest and whoever whoever survives the longest wins. And, and listen, I'm watching this and they've been dropped off somewhere in Canada and they have no food and it's snowing like crazy. There are grizzly bears everywhere. Like they're freaking out because of grizzly bears. And I mean, they're risking their life and they're getting frostbit and, uh, you know, all kind of, they're starving to death. They lost, you know, like 50, 60 pounds in about 45 days. And I mean, they were miserable in this, this situation, but they were doing it all so they could win $500,000. And I remember sitting there thinking, half a million dollars. I'm like, can I sign up for that? I'm like, I'm like, I was like, that sounds like a pretty good deal. I'll suffer for, you know, 90 days and give it a shot. And, and I was thinking about how money just, just draws us and money can use us and money can 
just grip our heart in so many ways. And, and so listen, I wanna say this about money and I wanna slow down because I really want you to hear this, that, that making money is good. Making money is honorable. And making money can be part of your legacy if you don't let money control you and you use a portion of it for the kingdom of God. Let me say it again, because I wanna be sure you get this, because I am not against money. Money is actually good, it can be used for the kingdom, it's honorable, it demonstrates your hard work, it can be part of your legacy if we don't let it control us and we use a portion of it for the kingdom of God. And here's a scripture I'll, I'll use to back that up. Matthew, 9, uh, Matthew 6, 19 says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. What this means is that money that is spent on earthly things won't last but money invested into the kingdom of God will last into eternity. So you can spend money all over the place, but money that you invest for the kingdom of God will endure. Money that you invest in the kingdom of God will make a difference and that money, instead of it using you, you're using it for God's purpose. I'll say it like this. I can't take money to heaven, but I can take you to heaven. And if I can invest in kingdom things that win people to Christ and make a difference for the kingdom of God, then I'm investing in the lives of people that I'll see in heaven one day. If you want your money to be part of your legacy, then you must use a portion of it for God's purposes. I don't think you have to give all your money to God. I mean, he may ask you of that, but I think he does... Re require us to give a portion. And when you give a portion, it makes a difference. And I wanna encourage you to, to tithe to your local church here. I wanna encourage you to help the poor around you and, and give to missions. But also, as I am in this courageous campaign, refresh, would you consider committing to our church building program? And why would you do that? Because it's kingdom church. Because through our church, in the years and the generations to come, there'll be tens of thousands of people, one for Christ and going to heaven. And when you make a contribution, you're part of that in some capacity. I believe that through our church, there'll be generations of children, children's children, that will be raised in a church where they're being taught that God loves them and, and they can live for him. We want that for our children. There'll be thousands of, of students, of young people who will find their purpose in God. And there'll be a church that you get to go to that's gonna worship. You'll be in the presence of God. A church that will pray for you. I don't know what the coming years has for you. I don't know where you'll be in five, 10, 20 years. I don't know what it looks like. But through those times, there'll be ups and downs and you're gonna want a church body that prays for you. You're gonna to wanna to be able to come into a place where you can worship and, and, and center your life on him. I wanna close with the thought of legacy though. Think about what your legacy will be and what really matters. 
What about your life will outlive you? What impact are you going to have? And I want you to know you can leave a godly legacy behind. Amen? As I close with a message for salvation, there are people that are here that have never begun a relationship with our Heavenly Father. They've not had their sins forgiven today. I want to give that opportunity. And I have one last verse I want to share with you. This is Psalms 112.6. And it says, The righteous will never be shaken, and they will be remembered forever. What that means is that those who know God through Jesus Christ, their names will be written in the Lamb's book of life in heaven. And the day that you pass from this life to the next, you will be remembered and you will enter into your, your eternal life. And it all begins with a relationship with Jesus. If you want your name to be remembered forever, then you come to Jesus and you surrender your life to him. He loves you. He wants to forgive you of your sins, but you have to make a decision. And I want you to know that God loves you. He loves you, not based on your past, not based on your parents' past. He just loves you. We've all missed the mark, though. We've all messed up. I've messed up. Harriet's messed up. We've all missed it. You've missed it. It's the sin that separates us from God and we can't save ourselves and that's why Jesus came. He died on the cross. That's why we say it's the final word. He died for us. And on the cross, he took the punishment that you and I deserved for our sin upon himself so that we are forgiven. And today you can be forgiven and begin a brand new relationship. I wanna invite everyone in the room to bow their heads in this moment. What a holy moment in this room. And if you want your name to be remembered in heaven, it begins with Jesus Christ. If you wanna be forgiven, would you just in this private moment lift your hand to me and say, Pastor, today I wanna begin a relationship with God. I want my sins forgiven. Is there anybody in the room? Amen. Would you pray with me, every person in the room out loud? Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. He died for my sins. I receive him today as my Lord and Savior. I love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you do me a favor and stand to your feet? Would you give Jesus a quick clap of just appreciation? So good. At this part of our service, we want to give us an opportunity to respond. And there are going to be people on the sides by the curtains there to pray for you. And if you have any prayer need, I want to tell you, listen, Pentecost Sunday, Holy Spirit's on the move. You probably ought to get prayed for today. If you've been holding back, like, I don't know, today, you know, you go. Go get prayer today. Communion tables in the back corner. If you want to celebrate communion, you can go there. The memorial chest is in the back with those dream cards. During this time, you can go fill that out and put it in the chest. If you want to stay in worship, we'd love for that. All I ask is please stay with us for just a few more minutes before you head home. And join us as we respond to all that God's doing. So Father, we love you. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. And God, I ask that as we get prayed for today, that you do miracles. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.